The Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS and brought to you by Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process, briggsauction.com. Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. And stateside, Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe, statesidevodka.com. On the show today, the Sixers just get fucking totally obliterated in Cleveland. That's one thing. The other thing is it looks like James Harden will return sooner then we all guessed. We will talk about that. I will make Mike distribute minutes for a fully healthy Sixers to see how many everybody gets. And speaking of Mike, there is an angry voicemail and an angry email, both Mike focused in awesome. the mailbag. Right. Good. I did mention Stateside Vodka. They have a bunch of, look, what better gift for the holiday season then some alcohol from Stateside. Right now at statesidevodka.com, the 1.75 liter bottle is uh, only $39.99. The vodka soda party pack, which is eight cans, sounds like a party to me, is uh, eight bucks off, only, no, two bucks off, I'm sorry, $17.99. And the Stateside vodka soda single flavor 24 pack, which I may opt for so I could vo- avoid the cucumber melon, which I don't like, um, but I like the other three flavors a lot. Uh, that one is six bucks off, fifty three ninety nine. Just go to statesidevodka.com. You got to be 21 to drink. We love you, Stateside Vodka. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who's wearing a hat because he is sick. That is one, Mike Levin. Yeah, I'm sick. And when I'm sick, I'm a little baby. <laughs> oh, are you a little baby when you're sick? Yeah, a little baby, a little like, cartoon baby that like has like the, the hot tea and just is all oh. just like <laughs> has the, like, the, the 1920s style cap with the thing coming out of it. You, you uh, know what I was hoping earlier? Um, yeah. I was hoping earlier... I was wishing that it wasn't the season because I wonder, are you paying attention at all? Are you aware no. at all of the the FTX thing, the crypto thing that crashed and this guy, Sam Bakeman fried like the guy who did it? Like, are you, do you have a general awareness of it? I mean, I get, yes, a okay. very general through headlines okay. type of thing. Not, I would not my area of thing I like to of course. care about. If this were an off-season pod, I would play clip after clip of that guy talking just to get you to react to it. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, so well, I hope you feel better soon. 
what a just those games, games like that one, I don't even know what to say. Oh, I mean, I mean, they look they're I know the Cavs hit shots, but like yeah. there are a lot of open ones. They totally. were the Sixers like looked truly like they couldn't have given less of a fuck. Not me. at all. Yeah. No, like, not no. At fuck. That, I think like there's a line in the movie My Cousin Vinny, which mm-hmm. I love. Mm-hmm. Uh where he goes to the to the uh pool hall mm-hmm. uh and tries to negotiate with the guy who ripped off Marissa Tomei. Yes. And it's like you could kick my ass. I I I I could use a good ass kicking. And this is I think what it felt like for the for the Sixers tonight. Of just like they need they needed an ass kicking. They got one. They'd won four in a row. Three in a row. Uh, felt like four. Uh <laughs> They've been good lately. It's been fine. They beat the they beat the Hawks in a nice win. I felt like it was like, look, we got to win one of the Hawks or Cavs games, and then they won the Hawks game, and then they're like, we are showing up drunk to Cleveland. Yeah, we are not giving a shit. Yeah, and uh, and there was just no energy at any point. And then Tobias left because he was sick, I guess. Um, yeah, just not not everyone looks so slow. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't good. And then Cleveland was hitting shots, and that just like you know accelerated hell how awful of a game it was so but you know yeah Cleveland regular, looked like, the Cavs looked like they were having a fucking great time have if there's a positive to be gleaned from this totally <laughs> yeah. it's, it's nice to, it's nice to watch people have fun sometimes yeah they're having a good time I like truly like honestly I I there's nothing to take from it there's absolutely like it this is I wish I could get the energy up uh to be like pissy about it but like they just the only thing I took from it, here are the two positives. Can I give you two positives? Sure. One, our guy, PJ Tucker, hit two three-pointers, <laughs> which he, he hadn't even taken a shot in the previous two games, had, hadn't scored in like five of six. So that, and another, I, w- I wouldn't say it was a good game from Shake Milton, but, but, but he did like... But I'm trying to find something good. I'm trying to. Yeah. I'm trying to be I positive. Say, look, we have to be. We have to pause it. Wasn't a good game for him. He was a minus thirty. Let's just. <laughs> well, but they lost by thirty. No, I know, I know. It's, so I'm like, I'm with you. I'm I, look. You're who you're talking a, to. You're the. I'm the guy that's going to be like excited about these saving Lee minutes. You know. He, the, the one biggest difference aside from his uh, the the threes going in or whatever, mm-hmm. is like he finishes at the rim in a way that I have not seen him do in, in years really like with a confidence with like a sneak up, get the ball right there on the backboard. So they can't block it. Or if they do, it's going to be goaltending. Like he just, he's much craftier. He was, I feel like we had three years of him running into the lane with like no plan and turning it over or not getting fouled on some bad shot. And it's just nice to see him, like know what he's doing around the room. That was the yeah, only. He's the only always had problem. some like run into people thing, um, that he, to your point, doesn't seem to do anymore, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like he's always also had like used his length at the rim to finish really like close to the rim in those mm-hmm. little likes like just snake over the rim type of play off the backboard. I God, I wish we had more guys that just dunked. Yeah, I wish we had more guys. Even Joe, like Joel, of course. Yeah, like, just fucking dunk. It's basketball. Yeah. If I could dunk, I would be dunking so often. I'd be dunking when I'm sick. I'd be dunking at any point in time. I would be dunking, and we give up points. Matisse had a dunk that he turned into a layup that he missed by you know oh, off the back rim. It was just, just like awful. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of those. Matisse did in the Hawk series have a nice lefty scoop layup that he then tried to do 
uh, a similar thing <laughs> in this game, and it looked like shit. Uh, and the be- the bench was, uh, you know, right rightfully surprised by, by it when it went in uh, in Atlanta. But yeah, Jake's good, man. I mean, he's just good. He's just a good player. The and then the highlight for me, and I don't know if you noticed this, and I think it's what happened. It seemed like Joel Embiid tried to throw a lob to PJ Tucker. And it was early in the game. It was like the middle of the first quarter and he did it. And I was like, wait a minute, what did you think was going to happen there? I think it was just like a, he's under the basket. Like you can see he'll come down with it, go back up. I don't think it was like a, he's going to hammer this home. Thing. But, but yeah, I mean, like I, I do think like there is a We're lack of this one. vertical okay. spacing on this team that it would be nice to have so that, it just spaces. It's just a different kind of spacing that that the Sixers really don't utilize. Vertical if they had spacing. someone, if they, yeah, if they had somebody that was like able to catch a lob, like how how easy is it for Darius Garland when he comes up and it's like mm-hmm. either this is a this is a floater, this is a lob. Like what do you want it to be? And it's just so easy for them. Evan Mobley just like right right at the rim. Jared Allen when he's healthy, right at the rim. Um, feel like so many teams have that, and the Sixers just kind of don't. Um, uh, there's a positive in, in that, like B-ball Paul keeps getting found. In, yeah, like cutting to the rim, going inside. So that's nice. Yeah, I guess. I mean, let should we just like move on from it? I I just the I Hawks game was was legitimately a good game. It was well, Embiid's I mean, first game back. We haven't we haven't yeah. done a podcast since Embiid came back. We we were worried that it would be a much longer injury. It yeah, turned out for not sure. To be. Um, so that's good news, and it's good news that they they won a a game. You know, after the it would be so Sixers for them to have a good run with the bench unit playing against mostly bad teams, the Magic 18 times. Um, and then being like, hey, they're actually surviving, treading water without Embiid. And then Embiid comes back and they like blow a game that they should have won. And it was nice to see them go down and then come back and beat the Hawks. And, you know, every every Hawks win feels like you're exercising some demons a little bit. Um, and it was just and the, a they were down, nice what, win all 16, 15, something like that? 16, something yeah. like that, I think. Tobias yeah. had a good game. Shake was doing his thing. It was great. And then the big, the yeah. honestly, Joel with a big bucket and then a big yeah. defensive play at the end was great. It was... Very normal, like, game-winning shot of just like, oh, they mm-hmm. have DeJounte Murray on me. I'm eight inches taller than him. I'll just shoot over him. Thank you very much. Actually, I mentioned, before we get off of this, before we get off of the Cleveland game, one of the, the I, I mentioned that there was an anti-Mike... Uh, email and voicemail. The voicemail came in during the game and was about the game. So I, I feel like we might as well just do this now and then we okay, can great. do the email later. Okay, here we go. Let's see if I've actually done this uh, correctly. The voicemail number is 833-LICK-FACE. Nope, of course not. Just I'm the dumbest motherfucker on the planet. Just there is not a dumber motherfucker than me. Um, Put it in the intro, CJ. Yeah, <laughs> All right, let's try this again. Uh, hey, it's Brian from Maryland. This message is directly at Mike. I have no idea how you could watch a game such as this and proclaim Embiid to be the greatest thing ever. He's lazy. He won't get on the low block and post up. He could dominate average 40 a game, but you get games like this that just make you sit and shake your head. We're not beating the Celtics this year, and you know it. Now, the best part is he's so he, disappointed in me. He's not able to hang up the phone. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, yeah. Yeah, my dad does that. I don't think my dad's ever hung up a phone. He just expects the other person to hang up the phone. 
when I was listening to it, I hope there was something amazing at the end. But there is. Might have just like chucked the phone into his couch. Yeah. Yeah. Any Um, comment, Mike? Your comment? No, I mean I don't. I I've said I've been critical of Embiid. I don't know why. You know, people are going to hear what they want to hear, but uh, (laughs) I think it's it's tough to win in the modern NBA with a big, slowish center like Joel as your best as your best player. Um, and he so clearly is their best player, and that there are weaknesses that come with that. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked really slow tonight. He looked really <laughs> uninterested. His body language was bad. He wasn't really posting up that much. <laughs> it was it was a fat game. Uh, you know, it's a shame. The first happened. five to seven minutes, he looked like he was like, "I'm going to be the fulcrum of the offense" type thing. He was throwing yeah, he was passes, passing, yeah. bringing the ball up. He was like. Mm-hmm. Doing a little, like, he was like, look, I'm Jokic. And he was like, I'm throwing passes and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, it was really, God bless B-Ball Paul. He came in, he got two quick buckets, and then the Cavs went on a run, and it felt like it was never able, they were never able to recover after that. So what are you going to do? Let's get off of this fucking game. But uh, his point his point about the Celtics is, is something that I have been thinking about because they're really, really, really oh, good. There's no way the Sixers are beating the Celtics, but I mean... There's well, no I don't, chance. Not specifically Sixers related, but just like the Celtics are, how, how are they this good? Like they, they had a coach. They were the finals in, last year. Well, they have a coach leaving scandal. Yeah. That was still, still not like reported somehow. Yeah. They had last year, they had Danny Ainge leave, do, do the Daryl thing, mm-hmm. which is like retire slash, oh, I'm actually just going to go run this other team, which Daryl did for Houston and for us. Um, and then Brad Stevens goes from coach to GM, first time he's ever done it. And then they hire this Joe Missoula, who was a point guard on West Virginia that I liked back in the day. And then they're still fucking good, man. I, I it's very it's very upsetting. Like they should well, be especially because they should be they, in turmoil. There should be had, some turmoil for them. And there was last year for a little bit, and then they just like figured it out and got it together. How is Marcus Marpin on the team for so goddamn long? And they always are like, We're gonna trade him. People are putting him in trades. He's not good. The, not, not this year. He's just very good. And, and I think, and Jason Tatum keeps getting fucking better, which kills me. Just yes. absolute nightmare how much better this guy keeps getting. Oh That's my awful. God. He's so good. And, and by the way, here's the fucking craziest thing. Last year, they had the, like the best defense in the NBA. And this year they have the best offense in the NBA and they still don't have fucking Robert Williams back. So their defense yeah. is like pretty good, but like th- they are. I well, think Robert Williams will make their offense worse because of his lack of shooting but yeah but it, it's certainly another piece right totally. and like yeah and they got fucking look how many how many times have i said sign luke Cornette for the Sixers <laughs> over the years how many times you I know told a you, lot i told you we were fucked five years ago <laughs> yes and this is what exactly what we were talking about well i said if it wasn't completely what i was talking about but i did say there's been 18 regimes since since but, then but still have their two best players are uh, long wing players. And they still, to this day, even though the roster has overturned, they have more like athletic, switchable, do lots of things players than the Sixers ever had. Ever, ever. Like the J- Jason Tim's been the conference finals three times and the finals once. The Sixers haven't been past the second fucking round. It's no, unbelievable. I don't like it. I haven't enjoyed it. I, I don't like it at all. Bit. And they got Malcolm Brogdon for nothing. Yes. Luke Cornette is good. Like the Sixers having the Sixers having never had a stretch five. I mean, I guess Mike Buscala, but they really played him as a four pretty much here. They just like never had a stretch five. 
Well, and they played uh, Ilyasova as a four too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, they did, they did. It's a, uh, it's not a, it's not a great thing. But you know, aside from Spencer this Hawes. terrible game, this has been a good, a yeah. good Sixers run relatively. And Harden's coming back and beats healthy-ish. So we will we'll talk about the Harden thing in a, a second. Before that, Big Barker dog beds. We love Big Barker. I will admit something. Now, Big Barker is the only dog bed you should be buying for the healthier dog, for the happiness of your dog, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. I will be honest though. My dog Rebel, who I love with all my heart, um, sleeps on a Big Barker. He has two of them actually. But I will admit when winter time comes and it gets cold outside, he starts on a big barker, but he's up in the bed with me and my wife within 45 minutes in between us, getting warm. I'm going to be honest with you there. But most other times, when it's not cold, he loves his big barker. There is a massive difference between big barker dog beds and every other dog bed in that a big barker dog bed is a real bed, is a mattress that is made to support your dog's joints and keep your dog healthier. Um, there is a significant difference, not just when you feel it, but when you look at it, you can see the difference. You can see that when a dog lays on a big barker is supported, is kept five, six inches off the floor. Whereas a dog sleeps in a, a dog bed you see, you get at the pet store or whatever for thirty nine ninety nine, sinks right to the ground. You can't be sleeping on the ground. It's not good for you. Dogs develop arthritis just like we do. Joints get creaky just like ours. Need a real bed just like you do. Bigbarker.com slash Ricky is where you go. You get the Big Barker dog bed. You get the process pup patches. You send us a photo of your dog on the bed. Put them in the process pup gallery. Everybody's happy, happily ever after. Now it is called Big Barker. They do have sizes up to giant for your huge dog, but they do have the Barker Jr. for small dogs. Rebel's 40 pounds, sleeps on a large. It's perfect. Uh, all of this, by the way, about keeping dog healthier, uh, joint stiffness, uh, range of motion, all those things proven by a study at Penn Vet. There is a 10-year warranty on the big Barker dog bed. The foam doesn't flatten or they replace it for free. A one-year at-home trial. If you don't like it, they will give you a full refund and pay for the shipping. Big, oh, it's handmade in the USA. That's right. Big Barker dog beds. <laughs> All right, so Harden apparently is uh, aiming for Monday as a return in Houston. We got a, which is sooner, I think, than we thought for sure. We got a, a comment on YouTube, and I will lead into the James Harden conversation with this comment on YouTube. Does anyone else just have this doubt in their stomach every time you remember James Harden is on our team and picture the boring, stagnant ISO ball that we play with him and Embiid? I know getting anything for Simmons was a plus, but we've sold everything now to have this group, and I just have a feeling we'll be left at the end of it just wondering what could have been. Now, my question to you is, we have seen more out of Shake. We have seen more out of Melton. Specifically, we have seen much more out of Embiid in Harden's absence. When Harden comes back, do you have any concern that we lose those gains? I mean, they just got to figure, the coaching staff and the players have to just figure it out. Like, having more good players is good. And For sure. It seems like other teams do a decent job of figuring out how to balance it and how to have a functional offense and how to move the ball and how to not feel stagnant. Um. Because the Sixers, when when Harden is not there, or when Maxi sits, or when Maxi's not there, whatever, not enough ball handlers. Yep. They off, they're not getting into the paint. They're not getting paint touches. They're not driving and kicking. They're not beating guys off the dribble. That kind of thing. Um, so there's got to be a way for them to do all of it. Like they just 
you know, good teams figure that shit out. So uh, that's on MB. That's on all these guys to, if they don't, you know, Harden needs to be extremely efficient for this team to be good. He needs to be extremely efficient. He needs to not turn the ball over. He needs to get guys open looks. He needs to get to the rim. He needs to get Embiid open looks. Maxie's got to do his thing and shoot a thousand percent from three. And Embiid just has to be like, if you know, my point from earlier. If if Embiid, if this is the kind of center that you was having as your best player, he has to be so good, and he is very good. But he has to be like in when it counts, when it matters, he has to be fucking dominant. He has to be unstoppable, and like pretty mistake free. And this season has to just be about getting to a place where he is playing as perfect offensive basketball as he can in the playoffs because he's going to have to clean up a lot of messes on defense because people are going to exploit Max or Harden. And the offense is going to run through him because there's good wing defenders. No, no one should be able to stop him one-on-one in the playoffs. Except for Brooke Lopez, who, again, I, is the best player I've ever seen. Continues to get better, 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 better every single year. It's, it's odd. The, the, um, what was I going to say? I missed it. The, uh, the thing about this is like, we can talk, we talk a lot about coaching and, um, everyone figuring it out. Like this comes down to two dudes. It does. It comes down to Harden and Embiid and like, I've said, I said this a few pods ago, you two motherfuckers, like, like Embiid had the sort of passive aggressive comment in a post game thing the other day about when everybody comes back from injury, offense has to run through him, has to run through him, has to run through him. And like, they're both, even at this stage of Harden's career, they're both too good to not like look each other in the eye and figure out how to do this with the entire world not centering centering around either of them for the entire game. Like it just, it can't, for Embiid, for his head, it just, it can't be you every time for a couple of reasons. The, the, the number one being, you're not good enough for that on offense. Like you're not, you're not a good enough passer. You're not a good enough ball handler. You're not like you're too careless with the ball. You, the ball just, it, you're, it can't go through you every single time. And Harden, I know this, I know that Maury has, has, you know, enabled this for your career and for a portion of your career, it worked, but there are too many times, even now, that you just stand there dribbling the air out of the ball and then and then either uh, step back or oopsieing it to somebody else with two seconds left on the clock. And there's just like, everyone's got to buy, every, everyone's got to compromise. The only way this works with great players, this is not the Heatles, right? It's not LeBron, Wade, and, and Bosh. But at that point, when those guys wanted to win a championship... They all compromised. LeBron posted up, basically played power forward. Chris Bosh stood in the fucking three-point line after scoring, you know, 28 points a game for the beginning part of his career. Dwayne Wade took a step back. Like, they all did it. When Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce went to win a championship, like, they compromised. These two guys have to compromise. And the other thing... 
And so I understand at one point in your career, James Harden took so much on the offense, so much responsibility offensively, that you could almost make an excuse for him for how bad he was defensively. He'd be like, well, he had so much to do. It's not an accident. I know they were getting better before he got hurt, but it's certainly not accidental that over like the last two weeks, the Sixers have had the best defense in the NBA and James Harden isn't on the court. It's like, it's not an accident. It's, you, can, you can absolutely hide a player sometimes, right? But like, you can't have a good enough defense with him just not giving a fuck. And Embiid, like if you're not getting the ball every single play, you still gotta play defense too. And it's just like, it comes down to these two guys and James Harden has to play some defense. You do, you have to play some defense. Uh, and, and not everybody's gonna get, and just those two motherfuckers, like those two guys, if we end this fucking season, truthfully, if we end the season and one of our storylines is they couldn't figure out how to make it work with both of these guys, I am done with fucking both of them. I don't want to see either of them in a Sixers uniform. If, if, wow. they, if they can't fucking figure this out, if they're not good enough, that's fine. It's perfectly fine to be not as good as Milwaukee or not as good as Boston, whatever. That, those are two good teams. But if it's like, wow, they just, the other one just fucking stood there the whole time while the other guy was doing offense, unacceptable. Can't have it. Can't have James Harden not playing defense. Can't have Joel Embiid moping around when it's James Harden's turn. Can't have Harden standing around on offense when somebody else has the ball. Like, can't have any of those things. You get, it's too late. James Harden's 34. Uh, Embiid is 28, like 28, right? 29, whatever he is. Like, this is it, guys. This is it. This is it. So, I mean, sorry. no, I, I liked, I liked a lot. I liked a yeah. lot of that. Um, I think that is the likely scenario, though. <laughs> I know. I know. But that's why I bring it up. That's why I bring it up because it it's like I watch these fucking games, man. I watch these fucking games and I have spent 10 years of my life, not only like obviously more than 10 years watching the team, but 10 years watching like every fucking second. So invested in all of this. And just in my gut, I watch it and I'm like, you there was that that line in a Keith Pompey article about the two stars that don't fit. Fuck you guys. Fuck you. Fuck, fuck. Fuck you guys. If if this whole thing is Harden and Embiid don't fit, nope. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Like, what is the other player who is, like, for James Harden, every player you play with can't just be fucking P.J. Tucker and Daniel House who just stand there waiting for you to pass it to them. It can't be. It can't be. If you want to win a championship, you have to have another player who's good, who does more than that. And Embiid, like it's the same thing. You can't just be center James Harden. And then you you both fucking like moping and pat. I just, I can't have the season end like that, man. I'll fucking, I'll, I'll, I'll fucking die, man. I just, I can't have the season end with, with this bullshit. Just try hard. Just like, you, you want to win a championship, right? Like, like I can understand, like, if, if one of them got paid and was just like, you know what? I don't really need to. I understand Ben Simmons more than I understand Joel Embiid and James Harden at this point. 
He's got like $30 million a year. He really just wants to smoke weed and play video games. Like, fuck it. Fine. I would too. I get it. These two guys, you're still playing. You've never won anything. You, you, one of you, like James Harden has, has Daryl Morey walking around saying he's a better offensive player than fucking Michael Jordan and Joel Embiid trying to be like the heart of the city, like seven foot Iverson. Fucking do something about it. This is your chance. You may never, for, for Harden, you may never get a better chance than this as a, as a primary ball player and for for, for Embiid, you may never get a better chance than this either. Just try. That's all I'm asking you to do is try and, and, and like put the fucking ego away for two seconds and try. Just try. Just try to figure it out. Have a conversation. Go to dinner. I know you don't like going. I, I get it, Joel. I don't like going out after fucking eight o'clock on a weeknight. I hate it. Go to dinner. Just And, and James, how about this? Go to dinner before fucking 1 a.m. in a strip club and Joel... Put on a pair of pants that aren't sweatpants and you guys go to dinner to a fucking steakhouse. I'll even approve of steakhouse, even though I don't want you to eat meat. Go to steakhouse, sit down, have some of that awful wine. You, James Harden, awful wine. Make it. You're losing, you're losing the thread. Bring it back. Bring I, it back. I just, I want you to sit at a steakhouse and look at each other and say, this season means something to me. And because it means something to me, I am going to stray from what makes me most comfortable because it must, it will be better for the team. It will be better for my legacy. It will be better for everything. This is not just about me. It is about us. It's about all of it. I want these two fucking guys to look at each other in the eye. You're both here. Like you look at each other and James just wanted to get here. That's the story, right? Uh, and B just finally has a real point guard and blah, blah, blah. Just fucking look at each other and figure it out and try. That's it. Yeah. Hey, look, I agree. Thank you for carrying the pod while I'm sick. No problem. It. No problem. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking of James Harden wine, by the way, we'll get to this in the mailbag, but there was a review in the Wall Street Journal of James Harden wine, and Amazing. it was not positive. Oh, come on. I've just, I've what, what, what couldn't they have liked? <laughs> we'll There's see. options for everybody. I'm we'll going to blow see. my nose on mute L- while you L- do the ad. A little something for everyone. So, uh, our, you know, we post same game parlays uh, every other Sixers game at DraftKings Sportsbook. I love the same game parlay because it's fun. Like, look, obviously, when you put m- several bets together, there is a lower chance that you're going to hit, but the odds are better. So it's fun. We did the shake Milton one tonight. It included a Sixers win. It didn't win, but get them next time. That's why look, you win, you win one. You can lose a couple on the same game parlay. In any case, love DraftKings. Love that they're supporters of us. Um, I think last time I looked, the Sixers championship odds were plus 2,200. And if I could bring Vegas Mike back for one second, I know you're sick, Vegas Mike, and you're blowing your nose, but I was going to ask you Mm -hmm. to give me, if you haven't looked at it, the line on this weekend's Eagles game. The Eagles are at home against the Titans. Ooh. Eagles, Titans. Let's say Eagles... Minus five and a half. Oh, shit. He nailed it. He Bang. nailed it. Bang. He nailed it. The flu game. He nailed it. Vegas Mike. Anyway, DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Uh, new customers bet five bucks. Pre-game money line on any NBA team to win their game, and you get 150 bucks in free bets if they win. That's it. Bet five bucks. If you're new, new user, use code RTRS. 
five bucks on the pregame money line on any NBA team to win. You get 150 bucks in free bets if they win. And by the way, if you're listening in Maryland, uh, it is legal now. DraftKings Sportsbook, legal in your state in Maryland. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to get in on the holiday hoops action. Sign up with code RTRS, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win, get 150 bucks in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So we debuted a, a new segment as on Spotify, you can ask a question on the right below. So right below the player, you can see we ask a question, you can give an answer. So the last question was, who has had a better general manager career, Howie Roseman or, or Daryl Morey? Like 98% voted Howie Roseman. Some of the comments from Zach, Howie hands down, he doesn't peddle NFTs or crypto. Mm. <laughs> from Phil, Let's be honest, Maury is a one-trick pony, gets hard and crosses his fingers. Anyway, how do I get body bio in Australia? Um, from Chris, Howie has won a Super Bowl, so it's Howie, even though it's harder to build a championship in the NBA. 98%? Yeah, I, I think we only had three, three Maury's. Wow. Um, here's a Maury one. An underrated Daryl move was drafting Maxi. Sure, you could say he slid and it was an obvious pick, but Daryl yeah. still made the choice that 10 of the other GMs who picked 10 to 21 has w had wished they, they made. Yeah. Now, most of the responses for Howie mentioned the ring. And I just got to say, and you, you too, you mentioned the ring. He did win a ring, but that is very like anti, like when we're talking about like Miami, being good enough to winning a championship, not winning a championship, blah, 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 blah. You, like there's sort of like this thing that just being able to win a championship is the same as like winning a championship or whatever. I don't know. A lot of people were giving Roseman credit for the ring. And I think that's a lot more difficult conversation that he obviously gets credit for it. But when you're comparing NFL and NBA, I think that's a, a, a harder conversation actually. Hmm. Don't I mean, you? I'd, no, I'd give I'd give anything for a Sixers championship. Yeah. So I don't care. I don't care if it be a cheap a cheap one or a fluky one or something. Whatever. Also, the, the Eagles are back in contention now, so it's been sure. There's been like a number of things. I but look, Houston, the Rockets were. Oh, and another thing, a lot of this. And the Rockets were there for a long people. time for sure. Rockets were there for a long time, winning his team in the NBA when he was there. So, um, whatever. Do you have a? Do you think Do you think Daryl listens to this podcast and hears people? thinking it's Howie and goes like, is pissed? Do you think he's mad at us? So Amos, when Amos was on, he he remarked about Maury's uh, millennial vocal fry that he talks with. It's okay. just like, eh, yeah. I, I, I think if you asked Maury on this pod, he would go, he would say that Howie was better GM. I don't think he's pissed about it. I, I think he has an interesting ego. He, he would probably say like, he he would probably be like the his public facing thing would probably be like he won a championship so and I haven't and that yep. there you go like he'd probably do that. So, so Mike, the Spotify question in the pod this time, do you have one? Is it? I was thinking something Harden related. I come up with the LL taglines, man. I don't. I can't be. Wow. I can't be troubled to come another another thing. Well, give me two things. CJ, do you have a question? For yeah, the, this be, oh, this would be a great CJ thing. CJ task. Okay, CJ, get CJ on the task. pod for a second. You're CJ, just, do you have yeah, a question? Yeah, there he is. 
I'm, I'm looking at Abby's uh, Spotify wrapped, so I'm a little off guard. <laughs> Great. Uh, That's our producer. Great. There, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, everybody yeah, locked Abby. in. The Sixers lost by a thousand. <laughs> I'll, I'll come good. up with something good. Okay, okay. good. 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 Right. CJ's got it. All CJ's right. got it. Fuck. Man, we're screwed. We, no, like, we, I wanna, we got it. We got uh, it. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get past like second round this year. I feel like we have to do it right here, though. Don't we have to do it here? I guess we don't. We don't really have to do it here. Check in later for, okay. So here is, we've been talking about uh, that, you know, when Maxie and Harden get back, keeping, you know, what do we do with Shake and those minutes and yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, somebody, when I said that I wished Tobias Harris played 16 minutes a game, somebody was like, that guy plays 30 minutes on any team in the NBA. And that's actually not true. Um, there's a lot of starters, by the way, that don't play uh 30 minutes in the NBA. So when, when you play a regular season game, you have 240 minutes to distribute. And I want to run through real quick and have you distribute Sixers minutes <laughs> as an average to see, because it's harder than you think. So Embiid, what are we going to say? Like 32? Get ready for math. Yeah. Sure. 32. Right? That's fair, right? PJ Tucker. I'm loaded up with Dayquil and I'm ready to do math do live math. on a podcast. What is CJ's asking fucking who's got a good question in the chat right now? <laughs> uh, great. This, I, this is the right podcast to go off the rails. There's, okay. No one's going to listen. They lost to the freaking Cavs. No, they, they listen when they lose. They do. Not as okay, many good. as when they All lose. the Celtics fans listening. Hello. Yes. Cavs fans. Um, PJ Tucker. 24. Now he's at 28.7 now. So you want him at like 24. like to be less. Okay. So 32. In the same way that Fletcher Cox is a more effective player when he's playing fewer snaps. Shout out Brandon Lee Gowden, my guy. Uh, Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris. Some uh, may call him. The 30, 33. Okay. This is optimal. You want Tobias Harris playing 33 minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Maxi. 36. And Harden. 34. Okay. Hold on. Now I'm going to... Rolling stuff. They, and we're what? punching this into the, in the computer. It's calculating. It's, this, this is math, buddy. This is math. Calculating. So did you want me to tell you how many minutes you have left? Sure. Okay. So you have... <laughs> you've used 159 minutes so far. Mm -hmm. And you have 81 minutes left to distribute. Great. So let's say, obviously, I think DeAnthony Mountain is the best player on the bench. Well, how, so how, many, how many did I say for Embiid? 32? 32. 16 for B-Ball Paul. Let's just put that in right now. Okay, so no, none for Trez. None for, yes, none. Okay, so 16 for B-Ball Paul. Have you Paul. listened to this podcast? I know, At I any know, point in the last few months. Okay, so 16 for B-Ball Paul. Okay. Uh, um, D'Anthony Melton. How many do we have left? Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> uh, 65, 65. 65. 65 big minutes. Um, I'd go 26 for Melton. Okay. That gives me That's, 39 left. Yeah. So um, let, me, let me just double check so I make sure. I just want to be sure. Hold on, this is a good podcast. Great. CJ doesn't even have a question. He's asking the chat. Very which is good, just, very good. Just one of the, the just un, unbelievable. I just Thrilling can't even stuff. come up with a question. All right, so you have 39 minutes left. Okay. Shake Melton. go 
right? Or or do you, do you think Niang is next? I would probably do. How many did I give Tobias? Tobias, you gave thirty three. Yes, yeah, so I give fifteen for Niang. Fifteen for Niang. Okay, Shake. I have twenty four left, and then probably fourteen to Shake. Eight okay. to House, two to Matisse. Okay, hang on. Yeah. So 14 to Shake, eight this to is House. Assuming everybody's healthy and stuff. Yeah. Although, I, you know, Matisse is, you know, his offense nah. still comes and goes, but I still like what he gives us sometimes. And I think he, you know, do you good think on, good 14 minutes is enough for Shake Milton to yeah, I don't know. thrive? Would I you know. say, could I, could I posit that I'm not sure if I'm using posit? I want to take away, let me take away, let me take away four Tobias Harris minutes, bring him down to 29. Okay. Let me give Shake 18. Okay. We're taking Tobias's money and giving it to Shake, which I've been saying for years. And I'm going to take two minutes from Maxi and give it to Melton, get him up to 28. Great. Um, I could even... So right now we got Embiid 32, Tucker 24, Harris 29, Maxi 32, Harden 34. By the way, we figured this out. How how is like Maxi playing 38 minutes a game and fucking Harden playing 36 minutes a game? It seems like we have this I guess people get hurt, right? Well, people get hurt, but I think also like they want Doc wants to play those guys and those guys want to come back in. CJ, do you have a question for Spotify yet? You <laughs> yeah, fucking I, yeah, I got a question. I yeah, came up go. with it entirely myself. I just wrote it down here in the chat uh, <laughs> for my notes. Uh, if possible, which sixer would you age five years so you can de-age one of them five years as well? So you add five years to someone, and then you could take five years off of this. Is another such player. a hard question? I, I like it because it's it's also pretty similar to this minutes experiment where we're like giving and take like we're points. Giving like and we're, taking, we're doing math. If possible, um, which five? So you can, okay. I would so for probably example, take well, five would age years away. Maxi five years. I probably wouldn't because I like his juice. I like his. I like his speed, and he's he already have very juice good at twenty six. Not as much. I like. I like him now. I think we could get a more of a rotation player out of either uh, Julian Champagny or Jaden Springer if you age him five years. Give him a little bit more. That is the most Mike yeah. answer. That's in- right. Maxi's already good. We got him. Fine. You Let him gotta be young for longer. Age Maxi and de age. I don't want to lose those five years. That's like click. It's like Ben Affleck or uh, Sandler and click. He loses all of his memories and his family misses them. And I don't want to miss that with Maxi. And I'm fine with missing five years of Julian Champagne's life. Sean says, stupid question. Are we going with this one? Let's do it. Like right. Siege. Which CJ, you're CJ the one by that- himself. You, I'm, I'm the one putting it in. So you have to put it in. <laughs> I'm, you have to put I'm, it in. Unless you text me, tell me that you can't find it again. Also worth mentioning um, <laughs> earlier before you mentioned Spencer Hawes in a rant. Spencer yeah. Hawes is only five years older than Justin Anderson. I thought that. that, that is that how old is Spencer Hawes? Justin Anderson played three years at Virginia, and Spencer Hawes played one at Washington. Spencer He's Hawes 34. Came out Spencer Hawes the, is 34 years old. So it's the same age as Harden. He yeah, could hit three. Uh, Harden's 33. Okay. Yeah. Wild. Wow. Has a previous relationship with the team, with me. Come on back, Spence. No, <laughs> Rob Smith Spencer says Hawks. in the chat, age Springer, so he's a 25-year-old G-leaguer instead of 20. 
<laughs> no, he'll be good. He'll be good at 25. He'll be good. Um, all right. Before we get to the anti-Mike mailbag, as we like to call it. Um, uh, kick kick me while I'm down and sick. What's that? Kick me while I'm down and sick. Well, that's when you're, uh, that's Most when to vulnerable. attack. It's when to attack. Okay. That's it's fair. Like, it's like going right. at a player with an injury. Attack. Come at my knee. This is wrestling. Briggs Auction. We love Briggs Auction. Four-generation family-owned and operated auction house in Garnet Valley. Look, here's what I'm going to say about Briggs Auction. First of all, download the app in the App Store or Google Play, B-R-I-G-G-S Auction, or just go to BriggsAuction.com. Basically, they have auctions every week, estate auctions, all these, they have everything, collectibles, music instruments, uh, clothing, furniture that you're not going to find anywhere else, classic artwork. I've had some, I got this sweet, like, fucking vietnam protest poster from 1969 there is awesome anyway if you're looking for a gift for christmas right now hanukkah go to briggs auction they have three auctions going at once right now one closes december 2nd one closes december 8th one closes december 9th like they are stephen briggs was telling me he had a lot of auctions before the end of the year they have it going right now i think going through the stuff is just fun. Like it is, I'm sitting on the couch, some bullshit on TV. I go to the Briggs auction site. They split up every auction by category. I go, ah, oh, let me go to collectibles. What's in there? Let me go to artwork. What's in there? Let me go to furniture. What's in there? I'm telling you, it's fun to look through every week. They have auctions. At this point, for the last few months, they've had every week. It's usually two, three times a month. Estate auctions, collectibles auctions. The collectibles, recently there's been 1950 Bowman cards in there. Just a lot of cool stuff you're not going to see anywhere else. Go to BriggsAuction.com. Here's the good thing. You win one of the auctions on the 2nd, the 8th, or the 9th. There is open pickup on Saturdays. You can just go get it. Or you can do by appointment during the week. They'll work with you. Or if you want to find a shipper, they will work to find a shipper with you. And if you want to auction a bunch of your stuff off, you want to, you're downsizing, you're moving to a smaller place, you have a bunch of stuff you think is worth something, they handle all that stuff. Info at BriggsAuction.com. That's info at BriggsAuction.com. Briggs Auction. Briggs Auction. Briggs Auction. Okay. This email came from Mike. From Mike to Mike. Write to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com or 833-LICKFACE. Hello, Ricky friends. Love to you and your families. With that out of the way, if we simply just swapped Embiid for Jokic and kept everything the same, no magic, Embiid medical healing, no horrible Jokic injuries, we'd have a title, right? Jokic never wins because his team is always melting down around him. He's the blazing ball of fire with the melting wax house around him. Embiid is the opposite. We always lose because something stupid always happens to him. Always. It's not Ben's fault, and I'm a noted Ben hater. He's, he's like the Star Forge in Avengers, whatever it was that Thor had to restart to make his axe, except Peter Dinklage and Chris Helmsworth are never around to restart him. Just a broken dead star letting us down to be conquered by looming Thanos-level depression every year. Availability is the best ability. Mike is a fraud. He's a false prophet. Prove me wrong. What an awful email. <laughs> Horrendous. Get out. Wow. Banned. Dis well, you banned him. Banned. Wow. Okay. Um, Non-basketball question from Mike. Or I can't even ask it, right? Because he's... No, he's banned. He's banned. This comes from Bill. I'm the only Mike allowed. <laughs> This comes from Bill. Um, Spike and Mike, 
I write with an, an important and urgent update regarding James Harden's wine. This afternoon, the Wall Street Journal published a detailed breakdown of the wines actually worth buying from NBA stars. While Steph Curry and CJ McCollum's wines were showered with praise, Harden's wine was not so much. Here is the relevant excerpt from the article. Sadly, one of my favorite players, James Harden, by the way, fucking warning sign right there. Why is that your favorite player? Sadly, one of my favorite players, James Harden, offered one of the worst wines of my tasting. The 2021 J. Harden X J. Shed California Cabernet was terrible, confected, and harsh. I was disappointed to learn that Mr. Harden has input on the taste and style of the wine, according to a spokesperson <laughs> for Accolade Wines. The producer my favorite the- player make bad wine. <laughs> The producer of the Harden label. That's Can not you separate the, 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 art, the artist from the wine? Will James Harden ever recover from this financially? Mike, your thoughts. I want, I want there to be a... Uh, the, remember J.R. Maley, the guy who did the, yes. our metaverse investigation? Of course. Shout of, out J.R. Uh, Maley. Of Color Star? Yes. I want there to be a, like some like sommelier level wine person that's going to dig in and find that the, like, the wine is fraudulent. Can I tell you, we have a sommelier listener. I want to, I won't say, I will not say her name, though she is a sommelier in one of the three biggest cities in the country. And I have asked her to review the wine. I think we need to bring her on. Sure. To review the wine. Great. Next so, time the Sixers lose by 60. Yes, I will. Get on there. I will reach out there. Um, 833 Lickface is where you can call us. Voicemail. Hey, Spike and Mike. Uh, this is uh, Impulse on Twitter, or also known as Lockdown Bets. Um, first time calling, long time listener. Uh, basketball question. I forget where we are at with this, but I, I kind of need to just, uh, since we're talking about it on Twitter, if you could have been on the pod still, would you? Personally, I, I do hope it can happen one day. Non-basketball question. Also, this has probably come up before, but in the spirit of getting Daryl Morey's attention to make a trade already, what is your favorite musical? Uh, mine is any performance of Jace Joseph in the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat that doesn't have Donny Osmond in it. Um, also, one last thing if i can on sports betting um as a professional gambler uh please follow i just want to reach out to everyone please follow bankroll management or unit management if you are a sports better wait a minute wait a minute i didn't realize he had a plug in there no 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 i i can't i'm sorry i can't let you plug it well there you go you just got some plug so uh, number one would we have been on the pod here's here can i here's my problem with somebody like that is that I don't think our audience would accept the way that I would have to handle that. Like, I think on some level people would be expecting, at least on my end, to be a a fucking asshole about it and wouldn't be an asshole. I would talk to him. I would love to talk to him and ask him honest questions without being confrontational, but very honest questions. I would absolutely have been, he would never come on this podcast, but I would absolutely have been on the pod. I would be so, I'd be sweating the whole time. I'd be <laughs> just drenched in sweat. I don't know. I don't know how, yeah. I mean, like I've, it's as the, as it gets further away from when we work together, like I've become obviously more critical, uh, willing to criticize him and everything. 
Yeah. Um, that was a weird year. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank God that the fucking pass didn't happen during that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, the show might have gotten picked up if it, <laughs> if it had. That would have been funny as hell. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. People, people like, some people like to be antagonized and like then interact with those people, you know? But he's like, not one though. No, he's not. But like, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not used to it. I'm not used to being an antagonizer right? and then being confronted by it. Like Jonah Bolden is the only person really that's like gotten on me for anything I've said here. Did he? Yeah. Didn't he tweet at me something? He was, he, oh, right. He's a big crypto to... guy too. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been for the crypto. I don't. I don't remember. Um, but like you know, our boy Tommy. Yeah. I don't know if Tommy's upset. If I ever see him, what am I going to say? We could get Tommy. I think. I don't uh, know. Do you want? I don't, to- I'm not used to the like confrontation. Old I'm man. Not used to it. Old man and the three is a DraftKings pot. So I feel like we could get Tommy. You've I been know. particularly harsh to Tommy. I have. I have. And do you have a favorite musical? Mamma Mia 2, here we come again. Wow. That's <laughs> the best. Wow. I like a lot of musicals, but that, uh, as far as a movie musical, that is so I've, eminently watchable. My wife, Valerie, loves musicals. We've been to several on Broadway. I don't really like them. You got to watch Mamma Mia 2, here we go again. I, I liked American Psycho was on Broadway for about a year. We saw that. I did enjoy that. It was pretty cool. Duncan Sheik did the did the music for it. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, this is Dude, we saw that Michael Jackson musical, the MJ musical. It's fucking awesome. If if anyone ha- if you're want to do something in the next couple of months, it was unbelievable. I had a good time in that one and I like Big Fish. That one closed in about 3 months. I didn't like Newsies. I didn't like Phantom of the Opera. Kind of liked Rock of Ages. I don't like musicals. Final mailbag question this comes from where is it i think you're gonna like this one this comes from brian writes ricky sanchez at gmail.com tyrese halliburton has become the go-to supposed alternative to harden in the simmons trade saga which we which we said at the time yes at the time a lot but do you think Dejounte murray was a ever on the table and b is actually the better what-if example. He's improved so much in the most anti-Ben way, including playing off-ball, catching and shooting. His size and defense also make him a better fit to pair with Maxi, and his mid-range game makes him more of a lead ball handler closer type than Halliburton. I will say, I think he is, he has been, DeJounte Murray in the five Hawks games I've watched this year has been like way more impressive to my eye than he was and with the Spurs. Like I thought he, I, I, I saw his numbers with the Spurs and watched him on the Spurs. I was like, yeah, I don't get it. But he's been cooler to watch on the Hawks. So what do you think? Do, a, do you think he was ever on the table? And B, do you think he would be better than Halliburton? I think he might have been on the table. Yeah. yeah. I think it's it's a possibility. Um, uh, I think Halliburton is the better player long-term and the more like cornerstone type piece. I get right now going DeJounte is more playable on defense and would maybe be a better fit with Maxi. like just thinking about it like that. But I think ceiling-wise, Halliburton's really good and changes the, like, the ecosystem of your offense. And I think that Melton gives you, you know, not much of the creativity that DeJounte does, but like 
like 80% of DeJounte Murray. D'Anthony Melton is, is on the road to that. Similar type of player, big guard, straight line driver, catch and shoot, three-point shooter. Like Murray's a better, like more creative offensive player and has a little more juice going at the rim, obviously. But Halbert's really good, man. He's yeah. always been good. He's always been exactly this player and he's just so fun to watch and it would be a, a, like too much joy like i would become so i'm probably corny as it is in some ways i'd be so corny watching maxi and halliburton like pass to each other and then like high five on the bench and then matisse like lifts them both up and they all like do a little dance like it would be so it would be too much they'd be so fun and i would suffer from corniness because of it Non-basketball question. Following B-Bulb, I agree with you. I would still, I still just think Halliburton's better. I think like you, you, I agree. I understand the fit thing. Certainly understand that. But Halliburton over the next five to seven years is going to be a much better player than DeJounte Murray is. And it, if Maxi was already like Trey Young level or, or, you know, if you already had like, you're like, ooh, He's the guy. We just need somebody to fit around him. That would be one thing. But like, there's as like there's a better chance Tyler Tyrese Halliburton is better than Tyrese Maxey. So yeah, I, know. I I get why you. I think that's fair. I think if you had Trey Young, I get why Dejounte Murray is your is your pick. But if you with Maxey right now, who's not quite as good, uh, I think Halliburton is the move. And non basketball question. Following because Maxey, sorry, because Maxey's yeah. a better defensive player than Trey Young. And profiles um, to improve yes. more than Trey Young does defensively. I mean, even just physically, he's got to be a better defensive yeah, player. Yeah, he will Trae. be. Non-basketball question. Following B-Ball Paul's lead, under what circumstances would you start going by the nicknames Radio Spike and TV Mike? <laughs> I'm Vegas Mike. <laughs> you are. You are Vegas Mike. All right. Well, um, we, you know... We barely talked about the game, but what are you going to do? We, you know, it wasn't very good. We got, uh, we got big, big day for, uh, the Ricky's own Helen Gim announcing her. We've now had a mayoral candidacy. We've never had, we've now had a presidential candidate and a mayoral candidate on the pod. So the the official mayor of the Ricky. Yeah. Helen (laughs) Gim. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Congratulations, Helen. Good. She's trying to get me to move back to Philly so I can vote for her. Her and my mom. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I'd be it'd be more likely if Helen wins. How well didn't that? you you didn't even live in Philly. You lived in fucking uh, the, uh Bucks County. Yeah. Right. But if I moved back, I would I would live in right, Philly. Right, 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 right. Good for um you. anything oh and thanks to everybody. We we were talking about this during filter in. Uh Spotify, the Spotify rap thing, you know, everybody gets and the people who have us in their top five uh, of podcasts to listen to that end up tweeting it out or putting it on Instagram is is absolutely awesome. I truly appreciate it. And my favorite, um, my favorite one today, we asked, so we did 6,200 minutes of podcast this in 2022. It feels and, like, it feels like more. Yeah, it does. That number feels low. Um, and we asked on Twitter, hey, whoever listen to the podcast the most will get a t-shirt. Now, again, we did 6,200 minutes of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ben underscore Wiener 03, who has listened in 2022 to 10,854 minutes of the pod. By hard the to, way- Hard to do. 
a are you a, listening on like 0.5 speed a and and back and and then also thanks to william lohan who said he edged me out tweeted out his screenshot who listened to 10,683 minutes of the ricky this year wow. Both 4,000 minutes than we actually did. They're listening to podcasts more than once. They're listening to old podcasts. We really, I, I thank you. It's surreal. It's really cool. Thank you. Uh, we got a lot of cool, um, just cool data about the, the pod today. And it was nice, nice to see. So thank you. Cool data. Big data app. Today. Love data. So when we bring in that, the FTX Great. guy on. Perfect. We'll be fully prepared. CJ, what is your second Number two, Spotify rap song. Hit us with it. Tell us. She needs him by hers. Okay. I th- wait a minute. I thought they only gave. I thought they gave you the top five artists and the number one song. They give you the top five. No, they song. give you all the songs. They give you every piece. Of I don't it. get any of it. Do you have to pay for Spotify to do it? Alyssa pays for Spotify. I don't. You I don't pay, pay for Spotify. Spotify. So is oh, that, there it is. My top five. Is you that also why I don't get a get playlist it? of your top like. Yeah, hundred plus songs that you can just okay. go and count. there it is. My top songs. I don't know how to get it. I my top like song I, is. You need to pay pay to get that. That's it. My top okay. song is "American Teenager" by Ethel Kane, and my number five song is "Complete Mess" by Five Seconds of Summer. Okay, how many, how many minutes? C, this is sort of a CJ thing. Okay, okay. Maybe, maybe you're right. You're right. Songs. You're right. You're right. I was just, I was excited that the list was there. I didn't know the list. No, was I know, there. but like, yeah. it's really CJ's thing. Okay. How many so minutes number five have? was what? How, how many minutes did you have? <laughs> Do you really want to know how many minutes? Yeah. Okay. I, I had 92,000. So I'm trying to hold on, put myself up against. Oh, I, th- I think 49,000. Mm. Uh, it's for, in 2022, your playtime was 49,614 minutes. That's more than 92% of other listeners. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That's right. Um, and my number one podcast is funny was white noise because I sleep with rain and it's listed as a podcast. So pretty yeah. good. A lot of All good right. Takes. We will talk to you this weekend, perhaps with special guests that I have to tell you CJ and Mike about that CJ and Mike don't know about yet. So um, that's it. We'll talk to you this weekend. Tonight's game didn't happen. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, like face. If you don't fuck with me, then I, then I won't fuck, fuck with you. you. If you don't fuck with me, then I will not fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.